Hello and welcome to Just Like Other Girls. I'm your host, Shannon Fiedler. Really excited because this week, uh, AMP has launched a new feature, the chat feature. Feel free to jump into the chat if you have anything to say. Throughout this episode, I'll be prompting people to chat us as I always do. So you can still call in, call in is enabled. Feel free to join through the new live chat feature as well. So this week, the episode, just like other fiancés, I'm talking all about what it means to be engaged. And I don't just mean the wedding planning. I don't just mean buying a dress. I mean the experience of having a partner that you live with, somebody who is there all day, every day, and what that means. And to have this conversation, I have invited none other than my fiancé, Pat, to come and join the show. So, Pat. Give us a hi. It's an honor and a privilege to be here. <laughs> Hello, America <laughs> and the world. <laughs> wow, but you think pretty highly of me if you're saying hi to the world. I do think highly of you. Well, thanks. Yeah, I wanted to say this is your debut in my content, but I guess that's kind of a lie. You, Your voice has been featured prominently in, in many a TikTok. You've been the boyfriend and the fiance. You've been the little kid to my mom and I, on occasion. <laughs> um, do you like being the voiceover or is that a pain in the ass when I ask you to do it? Um, I think it depends on what the ask is. Like, I already hate the sound of my voice anyway <laughs> on audio video clips. So to change it to be a little kid is maybe fun because then it's like I don't have to hear myself sound funny. But overall, it's good. All right. Well, you're a very competent co-star and videographer i definitely need you for that but but this is the first time i guess that you are appearing as yourself as pat my fiance i mean i guess we can start with the engagement i mean i know how the engagement felt for me which was exciting and fun and if you listen to the pilot episode of this show you know that i said yes before i was even asked in classic shannon fashion but how like i think about the like how were you hiding the ring from me how did i not know that you had a, a ring because we live we live in an apartment in new york city it's not palatial pat has these trading cards they're valuable he cares a lot about them i am the biggest klutz known to mankind i spill on everything i own i shatter things i'm so afraid of ripping or tarnishing these cards that even if you've ever been like Hey, will you, do you want to take a look at this? My answer is a firm no. I, I'm so <laughs> out of respect, out of respect to the card. I don't want to get anywhere near it. Well, to be fair, I also spill on myself quite often, which is why we're yeah. meant to be. And why we keep Tide to go in business as a household. Correct. <laughs> Tide, if you're listening, hit me up. We, we have partnership opportunities out the wazoo, just how much I use you all the time. But anyway. Plugs aside, um, yeah, so you hit it there, but then you proposed at my parents' house yeah. where we were away for vacation. Yeah. Did you, like, pack it in a suitcase? Like, that would give me so much anxiety. Again, control the controllables. I put it in my backpack, which, like, if I ever found you digging in there, I wouldn't be surprised, but I would be confused, and I That's just fair. knew that you would like what reason do you have to go into my work yeah. bag like where i keep my laptop and 
book and whatever. So I just stuffed it in like a hidden pocket and it was wrapped in some sort of plastic that um, wouldn't allow it to be like seen or obvious what it is, even if you had stumbled across the, you know, prize possession. But yeah, just buried it in the backpack. And then when the time was right, uh, you know, had it ready to go. Well, you nailed it. I was not suspicious and I, I didn't find it at the top of our closet. You were a little um, suspicious. I was a little suspicious. I think we've talked about this on the show as well. Like I didn't, I didn't know, but I didn't not know. And I think this would be my advice to men. Women are so observant. Like every little thing you do, a woman can pick up on. So even like I've had plenty of friends who will say, oh, he mentioned something about my nails and then I knew I was getting engaged. And I think that those sort of tip offs that seem so innocuous, <laughs> women are just like, we are listening with every fiber of our being. And I know that's you to a T. So yeah. I had to. You did. You did a good job. I had sneaky. to. I had to match your your uh, spy quality in terms of, <laughs> you know, hiding an opportunity to find. All right. Well, so obviously we live together, um, and just a little backstory. Pat and I, you know, most people move in together. Before, no, maybe not most. Whatever. Plenty of people move in together before they get engaged. Pat and I were no exception. However, we had a very bizarre trajectory because none other than our dear friend COVID came into the picture and pat and i started dating our first date was december 2019. Yep. yeah okay so by the time COVID hit we were newly an official couple and so we both were living in new york city at the time new york city was not a place that was a great place to be during the pandemic everyone knows that i you know, was not a real New Yorker, as some would say. We we both left. I went back to my parents' house and he went to his parents in Minnesota. So we were apart for a while. And then the first time that we basically lived together was over COVID, but it was all of these things at once. It was like, hey, these are my parents now live with them for a month, which is kind of a, a bold situation to be thrown into. Yeah, it was definitely not how I chartered it out in my brain uh, yeah. when we were first kind of entering that point in our lives but you know uh, I had to do what I had to do it was it had been two months since yeah. we had seen each other and you were I think really sort of feeling the effects of quarantine yeah. and um, you know I wanted to to be out there so yeah it was a definitely worth it but not an easy sort of like hey nice to meet you also <laughs> like Hope you're cool with me hanging out for a couple weeks. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I'm sure not everybody's parents would have been as gracious or welcoming um, as yours were during that point. Or either. yours. I think we both lucked out with our in-laws, future in-laws. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it was like, Pat came and lived with my parents for a month. Then I went and lived with his parents for a month. It was like, oh, it's a pleasure to meet you. Um, where do you keep your shampoo? Like, it was just, <laughs> it's such a personal way to meet people. and you know, especially that early on in the relationship, like not only am I trying to be on my best behavior in front of your parents, I'm still trying to be on my best behavior in front of you. Like you haven't seen my dark side yet or my, let's be honest, my gross side yet of like, eh, do you have to shower every day? Probably not. You know, like there are certain things that when you're first dating someone, you don't show them, but 
you live together, you kind of have no choice. So I think we, so we had to get used to living together pretty quickly. But then on top of that, when we were like, all right, we're almost 30 years old. We've lived with our parents for too long. It's time to go back to New York where we live. Pat had given up his lease. He had sublet it. Um, I still had my lease, which was a studio apartment. And so we lived together in a studio apartment for six months. Do you know how many square feet that place was? Not enough. <laughs> That's a good answer. I, I have to say, I think if anyone is like, do you have any doubts about whether you should marry Pat? I will point them to those six months of our lives and be like, not, not a one. Like if we could survive. And this was also like height of COVID, right? So we weren't going out and seeing friends. We were together in a studio apartment working, living, everything in one room without a door. What do you think was more challenging during that point? The trying to work remotely in two different jobs and trying to take calls next to each other, which is why we had to get creative and you can talk about that, or not being able to escape that yeah, or end the day sort of escaping that by going back to your apartment and being alone but like you had me there all the time yeah well i'm a clingy person so i i think i was especially in that time of the pandemic like where social lives were quasi non-existent especially like it was winter so even if you were going to hang out with someone and go eat outside like i went to dinner with my friends one night and we were like, all right, we'll eat outside because it's COVID. And I came home, I think, 43 minutes later. You were like, did you not have a good time? And I was like, no, my fingers are frozen. We had to leave. So I think having you in the apartment was a blessing. Um, obviously, if it was someone I didn't like as much of you, ooh, I probably would have gone insane. I think it was hard to work two separate jobs, though, because like one of us was taking calls from the bathroom. The kitchen in that apartment was like a classic New York kitchen, meaning the counter space was non-existent. It was, I think that was harder. Okay, well, I think personally the hardest part was having to film content. And I did a couple like virtual stand-up shows and you're just like sitting on the couch, like not paying attention. And I'm like acting like a girl from New Jersey over here. And I got my hair in a big ponytail and I'm like, oh, do you, you want to date me? And you're like, you know, sitting there doing work that mortified me. That was that is a throwback. Now we can just go into close the door, close the door of the bedroom or whatever. But yeah, yeah, that is funny to think about. That one I know what show you're talking about, where I yeah. was just like <laughs> on the computer, yeah, on my laptop, like watching the show, but with the delay, <laughs> like trying to be supportive, but also not get in the way. Yeah, um, early days was yeah. Uh, a growing period in more ways than one but because weirdly enough because i would tell people this and they'd be like you do stand up in front of hundreds of people at a time i'm like way less scary than doing it in front of one person two feet away from you who you care a lot about what they think like it just felt very vulnerable but at a certain point i had to just be like well this is it look we came out the other side for it yeah and um i still think i have uh something that i would point to even more so than living in the studio together that was like oh if we survived this we survived anything and i know you're talking you're planning to talk about it later in the show but what is it well the mouse the mouse not mickey 
also, Not my pal. also related to living together. Yeah, the mouse. Okay. Have you ever had a mouse in your apartment? I ask. Um, because we did. And it was, this would be a great time if you want to use the chat feature uh, to write in and let us know if you've ever dealt with varmin. But we had a mouse in our New York City apartment, which many of my friends have pointed out was probably a rat, but we refused to acknowledge that. So this mouse, okay, how, how did it start? Oh, we found the mouse, okay, because Pat plays soccer on a turf field. And, and I remember one day I was like, oh, what is all this little black dots on our couch? And Pat was like, oh, it's probably turf from soccer. So I just like picked it up with my hands and threw it out, thought nothing of it. Like two weeks later, we um, go into our storage closet. <laughs> that makes it sound, that makes it sound, in, I mean, a storage closet is a bold term in New York City, into our closet. Mm -hmm. And we have a bag of soil because we're trying to be adults and grow herbs. And the bag of soil has been just like ripped open and there's soil all over the floor. And I was like, how did this happen? Upon closer inspection, we find teeth marks in the bag of soil to which we, you know, call our super and he's like, yeah, you got a mouse. And after that, I think we proceeded to look around our apartment and all of those little turf bubbles were mouse droppings. Mm -hmm. Like all over our apartment like real like behind every corner and mouse droppings i guess are like toxic so you have to pick them up with gloves on and then you have to put them in a sealed bag like vacuuming them theoret like i guess releases toxins in the air so we find out we have this mouse we like call an exterminator long story short the exterminator came to our apartment 10 times i think it was officially a, 10 times. a total of 10 times filled up how many holes in our wall seven holes after like the sixth visit hpd uh yeah. had to get in, had to come twice and yeah. serve like class c violations so, there was a hole pat was like one of like those characters in like caddyshack like um bill murray's character in caddyshack who's so addicted to getting the rodent that's like every morning Pat would wake up in a fury and he was like, I'm going to go to housing court. And I was like, housing court is not going to care about our fucking mouse. Well, it was infuriating to wake up and know that we were going to walk out of the bedroom and yeah. see mouse poop on the couch and the kitchen table and the counter <laughs> and just like spend an hour. Yeah. Like the first thing you do in the morning yeah. is, and you know, I don't, I don't know if you've talked about it yet, but like, our morning ritual is oh, yeah. like kind of sacred. Yeah. And so to have that thrown down the toilet because the mouse Literally. was using our house as a toilet <laughs> is like terrible. I mean, it was, it honestly felt, I felt like I was living in, I felt like Sisyphus or, you know, the guy who has to roll, who rolls the rock up the hill. Um, I don't remember. Whatever. But I felt like I was in Greek hell of Hades because every night we would go to bed after having cleaned the house of mouse poop in the morning and just know we're gonna have to do the same thing tomorrow. It felt like the worst episode of Groundhog's Day. Yeah, I think it was two straight months. Yeah, it was two, it was truly miserable. So, but here's the thing, this, you know the old fable about the city mouse and the country mouse? 
that's just based on reality because my parents lived in the country of Connecticut, like not country, but like um, Connecticut's obviously not a country to state in the countryside. Like we lived basically in the woods where I grew up. And so there were field mice and they were in our basement. There was kind of no avoiding them, but you set out the traps, you caught the mice by. This mouse was so freaking smart. Like for, okay, for example, we put out like 30 sticky traps, I would say, around our apartment, which is not very big. We live in New York City. And it would just like evade the traps. And we would put like food at the end of a trap and it would like bite through something to get around the, like you recognize these traps. And then <laughs> Pat bought a blink camera. This is how, this is how insane this mouse experience drove us to the point of, we bought a security camera and we put it out in the kitchen every night and we found the mouse. And finally we were able to, determine that the mouse was coming from under the sink. We clear out under the sink. We see the hole. First of all, the hole is like the size of a small crater. I do not know how that hadn't been closed up before we moved in, but that's a story for another podcast. We clear out under the sink. We have the traps with the food and the camera. And we're like, tonight's the night. We're going to catch the mouse. We're going to know where he's coming from. We're going to know his route. Like, we're going to be able to see it. We're going to get it on camera. We're going to send it to HBD and the exterminator, everything. The next morning we wake up, it's like, ding, you've got mail. You have a video. We're so excited to watch this disgusting video of this rat. This- It's a mouse. This, this mouse, excuse me. This motherfucker gets out of the hole, looks at the camera like, Mr. DeMille, I'm ready for my close-up. And I kid you not, takes his little mouse paw and smacks the camera so that it's now facing the wall and we can't see where he's coming from. I don't think he backhanded the camera. <laughs> Didn't go like Bruce Lee on the <laughs> camera. I think it was able to use its weight and like push the camera. Regardless, regardless it moved the camera. It's insane that it somehow... It was camera shot. Yeah, like that was... I don't think it was a coincidence. I think that was the straw that broke the camel's back, that we were both like, this mouse is smarter than the both of us. And we were like, we have to move. We need to get a new apartment. Finally, finally, we got our seven holes filled in and the mouse, you know, no longer is a third resident who is not paying rent to this apartment. But that was, that was like the worst New York experience I've ever had. So, oh, we have, okay. Inside, it's a mouse. Outside, it's a rat. Frank F says, "Okay, that's good news for me." So Thanks, Frank. Thanks, I, Frank. I'm uh, I'm new at uh, reading the comments, so I didn't realize people were were chatting me. <laughs> I'm getting better at the show. I promise. Um, moving on. So, besides the mouse, what has been the hardest part of moving in with a girl? Uh, the hardest part of moving in. Well, you're a woman. <laughs> okay. Thank to you. clarify. Thank you for the uh... a whole lot of women. Uh, <laughs> I would say the hardest part, the most annoying thing, which is not the question you asked. Well, it's fine. I'll take it. Is undoubtedly the amount of hair that sheds off of your head. And I don't know if it's just you because you're the only woman that I've ever lived with who is not my mother or sister. I don't remember them. Well, they're blonde. That's not. No, that's not... they're not. <laughs> you, but like you do have dark hair, yeah. so it does stick out. But I mean, the cluster, like just, I'll have just vacuumed, and I swear by the end of the day, 
the floor will look a little bit fuzzy because just more of your hair has created like a new layer is on, on the ground. And the best, you know where I find the biggest dust bunnies of your hair is by, is under your desk <laughs> and under your dresser. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. So the thing is, I have always shed this much, I guess. But I never, like, noticed it. It was just, like, part of life around me. Like, you know how, like, what's the, there's a commercial that's, like, um, you've gone nose blind. I think it's for, like, Lysol or something. The ad man in me is always doing this. But, like, I think I went hair blind. And I just was, like, la, 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 hair around the house and in the bathtub is totally normal. And then I moved in with you, and you're, like, this is vile. The bathtub especially, like, they're just clumps of hair what seem like stapled to the wall. It's like, how hard is it to take the shower head and just rinse it so that it goes down the drain? Like, why are you making me look at this Yeti in the shower? Okay, Frank is asking if Pat had to snake the shower drain yet. And I just want to let you know that I snaked the shower drain because I am a badass. That was pretty badass. I actually, I took a lot of, lot of love out of that moment. I was like, oh, I, I am woman, hear me roar. Um, that's fair. I, I understand that, uh, the hair is a very real thing. Um, and there's nothing I can do about it. So I guess you just have to live with it. I, I do literally live with it. I let it be and just go along with my, do you find my hair on the ground? Like it, your hair is, you have boy hair. That doesn't count. What does that mean? It's short. But I, so are you saying that I don't shed and I don't yeah, lose I don't my hair or, or just if like you do you shed, don't notice it. I can't see it. I think both. Hey, keep I, your hair in your head as long say, as you can. I hope I'm not losing my hair. So anyway, I think the most annoying thing that I have, <laughs> I think men and women, at least in my experience, have uh, very different levels of what cleanliness means. And I will say, Pat, like you're very, you're a clean dude, but there are certain things that I don't think you notice when it comes to cleanliness. And one of the things is Pat cooks. And I know all of my friends are like, you can't complain. He's cooking. Like, that's great. The fact that he even wants to cook. Great. Thank you. I'm very grateful. <laughs> However, when Pat puts food in the frying pan and goes to season it, I don't know if he just like, Basically, I think you try to get the salt everywhere but in the pan. Like, I come home and it looks like someone made salt circles to keep out a vampire. Like, the entire counter is just, like, covered in seasoning. And I don't, I just don't understand how it's so hard to. I think it's because I try and get the seasoning, like, even across the layer. And even though I mix like it anyway. Like, including the countertops? No. It's just, it's a part of the process, a labor of love, it's cooking. Okay, I will say, so moving in, so the other thing too is like, I lived alone for five years before I lived with Pat, which is a long time and a long time to be stuck in your ways. So there's definitely been a learning curve. Moving in with anyone, I think, is difficult. And I... I had a roommate for one year in the city and um, my best friend and I through college, we always would live in like two singles next to each other. So I'm not well versed in roommates um, and what that entails. I also, I'm an only child. So I never had to share 
anything really, but I never had to share my space growing up. So I think I'm learning how to be a good roommate. And I will say an old coworker of mine, this is, I know that no one comes to the show looking for advice. It's highly unsolicited, but I'm going to give it to you anyway. An old coworker of mine uh, and I were on a work trip and I was talking to her just about like, oh, you know, like living together and she'd been married for years and I was asking her advice and she gave me this advice that she said, when we talk about things, I always say, if it's a roommate problem or a relationship problem. And that's how we start our conversation. So if I'm mad at him for forgetting my birthday or for blowing me off to do something with his friends, I'll be like, hey, this is a relationship problem. And it begets a very serious conversation and you have to have those in your relationship, of course. However, if I'm mad at him because he salts the chicken like a freaking toddler, that's not a relationship problem. And I think when you come to these problems and you say like, hey, can you not leave your stuff on the floor? Or can you do a better job of picking this up? Or can you stop shedding all over the apartment? The immediate reaction, I think, as a human being is to get defensive and to be like, and the problem is when your roommate is your significant other, as I've learned, the first thing that kind of happens is you take that as, oh, do you not like me? Do you not love me? Do you not like this? Like it becomes about that, even though that's not what it's about at all. It's about living together. So what my coworker told me to do was to say, Hey, I have a roommate problem. And I think that has been so helpful in navigating living together. Would you agree? Yeah, I do. I think it's nice to be able to separate them and you're right. Cause I, can get defensive for sure. <laughs> so to know ahead of time that, you know, whatever you're about to say is just some constructive criticism or feedback is something that I can take with a grain of salt to go with your example. But um, yeah, I, I don't, I never would have thought of it that way myself. Let's put it that way. So yeah, I think it's been really helpful. So that would be my advice because I think when I get mad at you for, you know, not doing the dishes or whatever, that's like the most tried example I could think of, but that has nothing to do with how I feel about you as a person or as a fiance or a future husband. So I think just being able to separate that has been really helpful because sometimes, um, sometimes living with someone is really annoying. And again, I don't have siblings. The only other person I've really lived with in any real way was my parents and they do shit all the time that makes me annoyed, but I still love them. And so maybe I need to start when I go visit them for the holidays. I don't know if you guys ever feel this way, but like when I go visit my parents for the holidays, I totally regress. I become 15 again and I like I'm a slob and I get annoyed at that, whatever. But maybe if we start having these discussions and being like, hey, roommate problem while we live together for the week that we're home for Christmas or whatever that might be. That'll be interesting. They would probably brand that as squatting problems. Squatting. <laughs> rather than a roommate problem because. Yeah, particularly when I lived with them for like months during COVID. Um, okay, but so we lived in a studio together and then we finally got an apartment. We got an apartment with a door. Wow. Anyone who doesn't live in New York City is like, this doesn't make any sense. Like you should have more space than that. And I'm like, we live in a palace because we have a door. Um, it's really life-changing. I will say when we moved in together and again, Pat, you're like more involved, I think, than, than a lot of my friends 
boyfriends were and like invested in like the way that our house came together. And I really appreciate that. Um, I learned though that men and women, and this is highly gender normative, but care about vastly different things when they're putting together a house. Pat gave me the decorating job, which like obviously I loved and was excited about. And I had, you know, a lot of the stuff that came to this apartment had been mine before. So I felt like there was really, my fingerprints were all over this apartment. And I really wanted you to feel involved, but you were very much like, you know, like pick whatever you want to pick. And everything, you know, I feel like I didn't buy anything without being like, do you like this table? And we did the whole like go sit on couches thing. Um, but I, you know, you were also like, can I help? I want to help. <laughs> so I was like, all right, I'm going to delegate a task to Pat. And I was like, how can you fuck this up? I'm going to ask you to get a recycling bin. Okay. A very simple task. I was like, I'm going to pack at the recycling bin. I think nothing of it. I like go on my merry way, buying a bed frame, all this stuff. We get this package delivered and it is massive. I'm like, what the hell did I order? Pat bought in, I swear to God, an industrial size recycling bin. Like I've been to restaurants with smaller recycling bins. I'm like, how much? And you're like, well, so we don't have to take it out all that often. I'm like, Pat, we would have to drink 430 racks each, go through 19 jars of salsa and also be recycling a VW bug every week in order to go through this recycling bin. It's just massive. And you were like, fine, I'll return it. And I was like, no, like, can you even return a recycling bin? It's like, so... <clears throat> But how nice is it that you don't have to walk to the end of the hallway every two days? It's, the supply chain issues in summer of 2021. Oh, the supply chain. Oh, yeah. It, there was the not much available chain. on Amazon. The reason we have the biggest recycling bin known to mankind is because of the supply chain. Yeah. Okay. It. it was also funny because I was like, the precision with which you researched televisions is pretty impressive. Well, up until that you know, purchase that we talked about at the beginning of this episode, that was the, I think, single biggest purchase that I've made in yeah. my life. So, you know, you get like your first real, it wasn't my first place, right? Like right. I've lived in other apartments before, but it still felt it's different momentous. When you yeah. With like it was a place that there. I've never planned, like how the decor would look inside where I was going to live. Right. Like you just, move in with roommates and it comes together like however the world makes it happen but so for that one that was the biggest purchase really that i think either of us had maybe made at one time so i wasn't gonna mess that up it's funny when my friends come when my friends started coming over to the apartment someone said she was like you can tell a boy lives here because of the tv because i had just never I don't know. I had the same TV like since I moved to New York in 2014 and I put it into the bedroom and then you replaced that one too. So I guess what I'm saying is we cared about very different things when I, I also put a lot of effort into pillows and, and this is like the age old debate. Like this isn't even an original thought anymore, but can you answer for me? Cause I've never, why do men hate pillows? Men don't hate pillows. Men hate that men hate excessive pillows well what constitutes excessive 
Anything that seems like a very um, subjective point of reference. I think it when it's pillows that take up unnecessary surface area with which you are trying to place yourself, like the bed, you need two pillows for your head per person, and that's it. We don't need eight decorative pillows to reach the foot of the bed to make it look better. The couch does not need 15 pillows of different colors and shapes and sizes and varieties. It needs enough for if people are sitting on it, which comfortably is maybe like four to five, each person gets a pillow. I think, yeah, see, this is where we differ because the pillows are not about comfort. They're about aesthetic and it's about creating a homey environment and adding pops of color and making it feel unique in your own. I could care less if the pillow is comfortable. How does it look? That is exactly why men and women are different and why we have Bobby in the chat showing love that decorative pillows are not the way to go. If the pillow spends majority of time on the ground, why is it there? Exactly. It's there for when the people come. But like it's the same logic as mom logic where it's like, you have to have your room be spotless for when guests come over. They don't sprint up the stairs and examine your bedroom. All right, I'm getting outnumbered in these comments because Soul Cats now is telling me that he doesn't want to feel like he's in a lumber yard every time I get into bed, which I understand. Look, I think there's a happy medium in the pillow world and I think we're reaching it. Um, but I still think we could always have more pillows. I think that's the thing. I think, and I don't, want to stereotype here. I don't want to make generalizations. I think my experience living with you is that I have a lot more stuff than you have. And that, that did you notice how earlier she said storage <laughs> closet? It's because we have about eight closets in our apartment and six and a half of them are Shannon's. It's yeah, I like brought this up the other day to my friend. I was saying to someone I was like, Oh, you know, I don't have enough space to put my sweaters in the closet in our bedroom. Like, I think it's kind of unfair that Pat and I are splitting it half and half since I have more clothes. And my friend was like, Shannon, you have three other closets in the living room full of your clothes. And I was like, yeah, that's a fair point. <laughs> but I do, okay, I actually wanna take a second to talk about something and then I'm gonna get back to how many things we both have. But I wanna talk about something that I've noticed um, with my friends and in a relationship and why I think the conversation you and I are having right now is very healthy. And I think it's because I feel very secure in my relationship. I love you. I don't have any real concerns. So it's very easy for me to make fun of the way you season chicken or for you to make fun of the way I feel about pillows. And I think some people hear these conversations and they're like, wow, like you guys have a lot of negative things to say about each other. And I, we don't. I think that's pretty obvious and abundantly clear. I think this podcast could have gone downhill incredibly quickly and we could have ended up divorced before we were even married if that were the case. However, I have found in talking with my friends and then in also myself and previous relationships that I was in that when I felt the need to talk about my relationship to other people and pretend it was all sunshine and roses and only say like, oh, everything is great and it's wonderful. And that's when I was in the worst relationships I had ever been in. And I think I think there is a fun in being able to be real and to joke with each other and to joke with your friends too, like to get together. I don't know what guys do when they get together. I think you talk about like football players, but at least for girls to get together and to have a glass of wine and to be like, 
what did Pat do that annoyed you today? And I can say something like he bought a recycling bin that could fit the entire city of New York's recycling in it. And to sort of riff on that and write a bit about it. And it means nothing. And I think, I think that sometimes people get a lot of flack for complaining about their husband or complaining about their wife. And I don't know. I think sometimes when you can complain about the really the negligible stuff, it's a good sign that everything, like the fundamentals are working and good. I don't know. What do you think about that? I am going to butcher the quote and I don't know who said it, but when I was uh, still single, um, I used to keep this quote in my phone and this, I don't think I've ever told anybody this, including you. So <laughs> revelations here. Um, but I found this quote one time that I really liked that was like, to love someone or something because is easy. It's to loving in spite of it's a really good and sort of just this idea of like, yes, someone um, may clip their toenails and leave the clippings in the bedroom Work. or I'm just naming like, I don't see that. Thing. I just want to <laughs> clarify for anyone listening. That is not from experience. No, it's not. But uh, contacts, on the other hand, maybe. So, like, you know, the, to love someone despite the fact they leave their contacts <laughs> in the bed, like, I'm okay with that and, and give you shit for it for sure. But, like, you know, it's all in good fun and it is rooted in knowing that no matter what you do, I yeah. love you anyway. Yeah. And I think it goes back to the, the whole roommate thing. Like, I think when you're living with someone, and you're planning a life together and you're planning a wedding together or I don't know what this is like, but I can only imagine it's more stressful raising kids together or have a dog together. There are plenty of things that are going to be stressful and that are going to cause challenges and that are going to be a hard, a hard thing to get through together. And I think something that I learned from my parents, who I think we're both very lucky, we have really good role models to look to in, in marriages. And I feel really fortunate for that. But uh, my mom, I think, said something once where she was like, um, a good marriage is not me versus you. It's us versus everything else. Because marriage is hard, not because of your relationship with each other, but because life is hard and you're thrown things that are challenges and if you can be in them together and work through them as a team instead of as adversaries that's a strong relationship and the mouse like as small and insignificant as that might seem now like that that was very difficult and it was like we weren't sleeping and it was whatever and to just know that like even though i would wake up so angry and be such a grump you weren't going to be mad at me because i wasn't a grump at you i was like in it with you. And I think that that, you know, as we're looking to get married um, next year is something um, that I'm at least thinking about. And I think, you know, you're a good roommate and you're a good, a good pal. So. Yeah. It's definitely not without effort uh, on both ends, but a hundred percent agreed. Speaking of weddings, obviously we are in the midst of wedding planning wouldn't be a show called just like other fiancés if we didn't talk about that uh what has been your favorite part of wedding planning um the most fun planning so far i mean it was a whirlwind because it happened really fast 
but it was pretty fun figuring out like trying to go about and figure out the venue because it was i don't know it felt like it happened in 30 seconds yeah and i don't think most people would have necessarily done it as quickly as we did but dates were limited we had to jump on it and like we only had so much information yeah and it was such a huge decision but like i mean we landed on the place we did and we yeah. both felt so good about it and it was like terrifyingly exhilarating to like read the pamphlet and the brochures and see all the materials and like everything looked good and and you know was passing the sniff test and i was like this feels like a problem that there's yeah. not a problem yeah which is maybe more of a testament to like <laughs> how we go about our lives yeah. these days but um I, I feel like there will be a better answer down the line, but for now, I think it was just sort of the moment of like confirming or deciding like this is the place we're going with and like yeah. we are going to commit to it. I think that's when it felt real too. Yeah. We also like we, we found our venue pretty quickly after getting engaged like you were alluding to and – I think it wasn't until we had that moment of like, oh, this is our venue that I was like, okay, we're actually getting married. I think it's finally becoming second nature to me. Like, I think I'm finally not staring at my hand in Zoom calls and just being like, whoa, jewelry. Yeah, that's a funny thing that well, yeah. we can get a full, the, the. We have a sign. We're nearing the end of the show, Pat. You make, you make an hour go by pretty quickly. I will tell you that, but. I think, you know, this episode is called Just Like Other Fiances. I think we've touched on a lot of the experience of being engaged from the wedding planning to living together to, um, you know, just how do you know someone is the one for you and what does that mean? Uh, any final thoughts before we wrap things up about being engaged and being engaged to me? To my roommate? To your roommate? You make a good roommate. You despite the hair and the contact lens uh, stuff, you know, you... I know my parents, my other roommates are sitting there going, she's left contact lenses around our entire house. So I you have friends in them. I figured out my answer. The hardest thing about being a roommate is how often I have to get you, get you water, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Uh, but no, you make a great roommate and fiance, you know. How do you feel about... um? having a content creator as a fiance it, is it totally indifferent it doesn't change anything or oh it definitely changes everything <laughs> but like no it's a lot of fun i mean I, I am a boyfriend of instagram now i guess i can no longer keep that title at arm's length but um i guess i'm truly embracing it in in this moment and otherwise like i would never be doing a radio show on my own and whether it's helping you with self tapes or even I, you know, the one, the one difference between you being embarrassed about filming in right. front of me and me watching is that I actually really, I get a lot out of it because it's really fun to watch you create and do your thing and like get into that mode or mindset. And granted, like the, the kind of peak of that right now is stand up for sure. And right. I don't, you know, you practice that pretty much behind the closed bedroom door. But, um, you know, in in total, like getting to brainstorm with you on things and really just see like how much you've 
grown in it um because i was there even before all of yeah. that like i've seen the full journey and know that you know you're only just at still among the beginning parts of it so um very excited and happy to be engaged to a content creator so sweet <laughs> no but it is true i mean i think um yeah no it, it's interesting pat and i started dating way before my I mean, maybe not way before, but probably a year before, if not more, my TikTok and Instagram started to take off. Like I was, I was doing comedy. He had saw me do stand up pre-pandemic back in the day. Um, so, but it's just been interesting. It's been very nice to have someone to go on this journey with, who's with me, you know, spiritually and emotionally, but also like physically, like here to help me with it and to sort of keep me honest and. It has been really a joy. I'm just, getting pretty savvy here. <laughs> uh, I'll end it with this. Just like, you know, practicing living together in the studio set us up for success and having the opportunities to define roommate versus relationship problems, right? Yeah. Being engaged in all of that, like this is a big opportunity for us to practice having the difficult conversations or just making yeah. sure that you know for the rest of eternity that we're uh we're doing it right and in, in the way we both want to uh together as a team like you said so go team what a great way to sign off thanks for joining me tonight pat thanks for having me shannon well that was very fun for me i've uh I wanted to bring Pat on the show for a long time. I mean, I haven't had the show for that long, but a big part of the premise of just like other girls is yes, to talk about the things that I'm going through and that, you know, we all experience as fiancés or as people from Connecticut, et cetera, et cetera. But a big part of it for me was giving you guys a chance to see what my life is like behind the character. And, you know, it was fun for you to get to meet Pat a little bit. Uh, and I just want to say thank you to everyone who talked in the chat. It was fun to read your comments as we were going on. Uh, thanks for joining Pat. And until next week, this was just like other girls. <laughs>